Uh, so welcome everybody, uh, thanks for joining us today uh, for this Children's BBC Commissioner session. This is Helen Falk from BBC Education and Cheryl Taylor from Hello. BBC Children's. Uh, and I'm going to start with a structural question here about the BBC. Um, so um, hold on to your hats, we're about to talk about the restructure of the BBC Children's and Education Division. Um, so a couple of weeks ago, or a couple of months ago, uh, the the, the merger of education and children was announced. Uh, Alice Webb has said this will create more firepower for, young, for children, young people and teachers, uh, but what does it mean in practice? Bringing them together um, under Alice's Webb's direction feels like a really good thing because already we work really closely together. You know, we've got a very similar public service mission uh, and we also serve quite similar aged audiences, not completely, but, but pretty similar. So. Um, it just feels like bringing us together, there's more opportunities to collaborate, more opportunities to work with some of Cheryl's brilliant brands, work with some of the, the educational insight that we've got to really make a, a bigger impact for the audience. And probably the best way to sort of explain how it could work in practice is to talk through a kind of a recent collaboration that we did. Um, so we, uh, Cheryl, you commissioned uh, a series uh, for iPlayer for sort of teens uh, with Stacey Dooley um, taking a group of teenagers to do work experience because as, as a lot of people know, until you do the job, you don't really know if you like the job. So it was really giving them that experience. So I run uh, BBC Bite Size, which is an online site um, that's there for five to 16 year olds and helps them all the way through their education and is really well used um, at sort of, uh, for those sort of GCSE takers. Um, so at GCSE time, we have 90% of 16 year olds coming to us to help them get through those crucial exams. But we're also kind of spreading out bite size and we're, we're doing some careers content as well to kind of link what you do in the classroom. You're doing your maths, so you, you don't like maths. Uh, but if you do your maths, you could get this career, or uh, if you really like maths, you could do all these careers. And it's kind of showing how what you're doing in school could lead onto your career. And so it was just a really good collaboration. So what we did is they had the content on iPlayer, but on the site, so the next clip sort of shows the Bite Size site. If you could just click onto that next here, there. So Bite Size, it's an online site. We do lots of films and uh, articles. So Stacey wrote a couple of articles for us talking about you know, how to get the job you love, and she's got a brilliant story to tell and resonates with that audience. And also, as well as doing the articles, we used, we commissioned extra clips uh, to kind of really bring it to life. And it just shows, young people, other young people doing those sort of things to kind of show that they can do them. So we can just play the clip now. Sure. I'm Sky, I'm 17 and I'm from Coventry. Everybody at my college had their future figured out, apart from me. I never knew what I wanted as a career and I didn't even know what I was good at. This is my dignity going. I've got to just split all these things up and then pass them round. I'd rather wash dishes for the rest of my life than do this. My top tips to help you find the best workplace for you are to try everything. Don't think that this isn't for you or that's not for you. Try it. Sai? Yes. She said I've got no banter. So how do you feel? Bravo, you see? She would be a natural. I've got myself a job. <laughs> for me, the turning point was definitely the care home. about 
about what you enjoy in life, what you are passionate about, and see if you can make a job out of that. You're making other people happy. You don't realise how lovely it is until you're there and you're doing it. It's so overwhelming seeing like, how much you really make a, a difference. Work out what you are good at. For me, it was the care home because I'm a naturally caring person and it's such a rewarding job. Sky, she stood out a bit for me, actually. Took it up. Um, she's emotional and um, she picks out the vulnerable ones. Want me to clear it up for you? Here you When you find the perfect job for you, it isn't just a paycheck, it's a career. <laughs> yeah, you, you've got it, so stick with it. Care, care is your thing. It's all right. My dad always says, find something you love, because when you do a job you love, you don't feel like you work a day in your life. You look very nice. You are having a little joy ride, yeah. You like the Queen Barbara? There is a job out there for everyone, you just have to find it. I found mine. So will we be seeing more of these types of collaborations as, as you guys move forward? Is that, is that what we should take from, from that slide? I think so. I mean, uh, uh, that was a really lovely way of, of um, exemplifying how well a TV show that, you know, as Helen said, played out on iPlayer um, can have resonance on the bite-sized site. So um, absolutely, that's what we hope we'll be doing. 100%. Um, now, one thing we hear often is that, um, and, and be it fair or not fair, is that the BBC needs to be working with new types of talent and driving talent through and and there's debates around how well it does that uh, in the latest children's media yearbook which is, is publishing around now i believe uh, Stuart dredge wrote an, uh, an article uh, where he says most of the biggest tv stars now are actually youtubers and he says tv stars specifically um, so how is the bbc working with youtubers and influencers to get them onto the main channels and pipe them. Can I just ask you to click your clicker? Certainly can. And um, this is just a small selection of um, uh, a few of the people that we're currently using across the board, actually, um, from CBBS right through to the 13 to 16 content that we just mentioned there that we play out on iPlayer. Um, we've got a fantastic in-house sketch show with this amazing comedian, Amelia Gethin, who we spotted online because um, she does stuff on TikTok um, and previously Musical.ly. Um, you see there Lewis Ball, who is a wonderful presenter who we use on the playlist. Um, he's also being picked up by Radio One and he's also doing some podcasts for us. Stacey, you all know about, and I'll just pick out as well Mimi Misfit there, um, who's done a sex education show for us, which again has played out really, really um, well on iPlayer. She's also doing some podcasts. So I think it's, it's a really interesting moment in time for us as, as, as broadcasters because what we can see on all the new platforms essentially is a kind of democratisation of casting in a way because it can be very apparent um, which personalities have already made an impact with our young audience and you know across the board even if it's using for example Giovanna Fletcher on Baby Club on CBeebies it's an area that we can really use to our advantage and of course to our audience and if we could just go Jesse to the next slide. So across the piece, if you look at that huge lineup, just to um, say this is this is your rebuttal to those people who say oh yeah, not Andy Harris, with who says we don't <laughs> use. Um, 
that's a huge number of people and, and a lot of those names we've been using for three or four years now. Um, and I think using them really effectively. So it's, it's not just a, a question of chucking anyone up there. Um, all of the execs and the producers involved in casting any of our shows, whether it be from popular new platform personalities or from slightly more traditional presenters, um, always think really hard about what they bring to the show and are they proper explainers and entertainers in the, in the, you know, the quality that we require on the BBC. Do you look to... Uh, do you have a sort of set parameter of how many you want that are coming through that perhaps aren't known to a wider audience? Because I know it's up there. There are people like Raheem Sterling yeah, yeah. Um, and Oli Mers. Yeah. Um, is there sort of a debate going on internally about how much you want to use those type of like no it's about who's the most appropriate and like I say Amelia who when you all see her sketch show you know I think you'll be blown away by just what a consummate comedian she is you know in the tradition of a, a, a Miranda and even a you know um, well French and Saunders she's extraordinary so it, it could be anyone and I don't think we'll have a quota it's about who's best for the job Okay. Um, I want to take it back to BBC education for a second. Um, you say that during exam times there's a big spike in, in the, uh, your engagement with your audience, um, but sort of throughout the year, uh, who, who's actually using BBC education? How are they interacting with the, with the service? Well, shall, shall I show you what the services are, first of all, on the I'm next slide? Because BBC Bite Size is kind of our sort of flagship educational. Uh, website. Uh, it's it's there for children as soon as they start school, so from, from three if you're in Wales, five, whatever, wherever you are, um, and it's there to support you through your education, for your curriculum education. Um, and as you can see from the stats there, uh, we're, we're really well used by... Um, by those sort of 16-year-olds at that GCSE time and all the way through their GCSEs. We're putting in a lot more uh, ability to practice. And, and uh, you know, if, if you've got children who've gone through exams, suggesting to them, do a bit more practice before you hit the big exams is a really good thing to do. Or Bite Size can deliver that for you now. We're definitely looking at how we can make our primary offer as successful as our GCSE offer. And that's as much for parents as well. When you come home going, I've got to learn me phonics. So, well, what are phonics? What's a split diagraph? I never knew what a split <laughs> diagraph was. Um, it's all well, there on bite size. Yeah, it's all there <laughs> on bite size. Um, so that's bite size. Uh, and that is for the, the learner rather than in the classroom. So it's for the learner to use at home uh, or on the go. You've got a, a, an app. So that's sort of bite size. Uh, then BBC Teach is for content in the classroom. Uh, and it's to bring uh, sort of bespoke content for teachers to use in the classroom. And we commission a lot of content that's all curriculum relevant. But we also work with other parts of the BBC to bring sort of the wealth of that BBC content to, to the classroom. Uh, and, and we sort of do that in, in a number of ways. Um, and at the moment, I think our kind of key thing is, you know, we're not there to replace teachers because teachers in the classroom do it better, better than we could, but we're there to help teachers on those maybe more difficult subjects like sex education. You know, uh, we did some stuff with Mimi around mm. sex education. Uh, we're looking at also how you can bring experiences to the classroom uh, in terms of, say, ge geography, you know, or, or, or the natural world, which we've got wealth of that kind of content from the BBC, and, and we just make it work for, for teachers. And then finally, we do educational campaigns. Those are always done in partnership with others, and they're there to... Um, address a, a societal or an educational need. So, for example, there's a, 
there's a few there. Uh, our most recent one is Supermovers, which we've done with the Premier League. And the aim of that was to get kids more active in the classroom. Uh, and uh, we could sort of bring the, the knowledge of teachers and the knowledge of, of the curriculum because what teachers didn't need was another PE lesson on top of their PE lesson. What they wanted to do is have things that got kids up and about just before they did their maths. So they were all based on, you know, uh, maths, your timetables. You do a timetable dance and then you do your maths. Uh, and we did that in, with, with the Premier League and others to kind of really try and make a change. And we do a lot of research, quality of research, and we found that teachers who use Supermovers, over 80% of them felt that their children were being more active in their class because of using that content. So that's sort of a whistle-stop tour of what we do. Uh, our next big campaign uh, that we're looking at is for early years uh, um, music, music mm -hmm. education. It's called Bring the Noise. It's all about teaching those fundamentals of music, you know, rhythm and tempo, doing it with, uh, you know, a range of talent mm. from children's, but also from, you know, pop talent and kind of classical talent to sort of show that wealth of music. So those are what we, that's what we do. And that's what we're looking for at the minute. Okay. Um, just to let you know, at this juncture, towards the end, we're going to have a Q&A. Uh, we've got Richie down at the front, who's going to be running around with a microphone. So if you have any questions that I don't ask, uh, just stick your hand up, and, and Richie will, will get to you. But we'll do that towards the end of the, towards the, end of the session. Um, now, on the, on the same track as you were talking about there, you're talking about smaller people, little people. There's a new um, online initiative. We're not calling it a strand, right? It's an online initiative, initiative called Tiny Happy People. Yes, what so is, Tiny Happy People. So I've got a lovely, there you go. Who can't be happy when you see that picture? <laughs> um, so what Tiny Happy People is, it's, it's a major partnership working with the National Literacy Trust. And is this coming through education? It is, yeah, it's coming through, yeah. Education is, is sort of leading on it. But as I said, with those campaigns, we can't just do it all on our own. We, we need kind of other people around us to, to help amplify the message or bring great expertise. So working with National Literary Trust, Public Health England, and it's all around how we bridge the sort of uh, language and communication gap. So in turn, you know, it's got a, a big aim. The big aim is to reduce that that gap because 20% uh, of children uh, and 40% in more deprived areas uh, reach school at a kind of age of five, not ready to learn, not with those skills in language and communication to be able to learn. And, and if you reach school with that, it's just going to get wider as you go through school because you can't keep up with, with the way in which the, the, the kind of learning's accelerated. And then obviously it doesn't have great outcomes for your life going forward. So it's really there to try and bridge that gap you know it's 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 not all done via the bbc as i say you know what we're great at is you know making really strong content that resonates with the audience and a lot of research on what actually will work and it's sort of to help support um parents and carers and grandparents to say that you know you're such an important part, people know they're an important part of their children's lives, but to say, whatever you do, you're doing a great job, and here's a few more things that you could try. Um, we'll also look at um, you know, working with uh, groups on the ground and looking with people who, parents themselves, teaching other parents of you know, things that they could do, and we'll also work with frontline workers to kind of have some really easy messages, you know, talk to your baby, talk to your bump, do all those things, but in a really kind of, um, in a way that the audience wants to hear it, rather than me thinking, this is how I think you want to hear it. 
or, or whatever, but it's actually, we're doing a lot of audience research from two pilots, and we're going to do another pilot now, and we're looking for content around... Right, this. so indies have, a, have an opportunity to come to you with ideas for this stuff. Yeah, all of the content we're making for Tiny Happy People is commissioned, uh, and we're looking for content in these areas. Um, science content, uh, parents really want to know the wonderful things that their babies can do and what's, what's going on and how they affect their baby's development. Films like that give you some tips of what to do. Uh, and then we really need to uh, have a strong social media message and, and, and we be able to talk to all those different people, talk to dads, talk to, you know, uh, people who've got English as a second language. What, 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 would they, what would they like to see? And we're doing that definitely audience-led. We share all that insight with our indies and we will be commissioning more content uh, around those areas. But genre-wise, you know, we're interested in comedy, we're interested in drama, we're interested in animation. Um, and those sort of commissions will be going out in the next couple of weeks on the BBC commissioning site. And is that sort of mainly short form you're looking for there? Or it's all short form. All short form. Uh, yeah, okay. our research is saying a minute is what that's, they're that's looking where for. That's where we go. Okay, but we want the BBC as general to do some stuff around it, which may mean longer form on television. Okay, brilliant. There you go. There's there's one to stick in your lists. Um, let's uh, let's widen that out slightly yes. to um, what the BBC is looking for from indies in general at the moment from a, a children's perspective. Um, Cheryl, what is the best? What's what's the best scenario pitch for you at the moment? What do you want? What do you want to see coming through your door? Um, well, as everyone knows, I, I don't know how many of you were in here when we were playing the showreels um, for CBBS and CBBC. We, we obviously operate across a huge number of, of genres, um, and we operate commissioning rounds. Um, you can find out all the information you need about those online. So I won't. We've, we're quite short of time, so I won't talk to, at length about those now. Um, Obviously, we want to make fantastic shows um, that all of our audiences enjoy and find entertaining, but also learn from. Um, across both channels, I thought it would be useful just to romp through a few of the overarching kind of tenants um, of our editorial, just so you can have a think about those. But um, obviously, public service can be funny as well as factual, and many, if not all of our ideas, have bags of laugh while you learn potential. That's across both channels. Um, we like long run, so if you're new to children's and used to making shows for grown-ups, um, we obviously do long runs, and if you're doing drama or comedy, that can be quite difficult. If it's, um, obviously, if it's factual, as I've put there, you need sufficient format points to, to sustain a run of 10 to 13 episodes for the 6 to 12s and 25 or more for preschool. Um, we want to build brands, really serve the audience, more of what they love. So does your idea have a compelling returning series potential? We like shows that we can bring back to the audience. We want to grow them. Um, we want to talk children to talk about our shows. How does your idea stand out from the crowd? And can we build a compelling marketing campaign around it? Um, characters, presenters, will children fall in love with, relate to, or be inspired by them? As I said earlier, we want the very best explainers and entertainers. Do you, as a company, have specialist knowledge of your target audience and understand thoroughly what makes them tick? We often get submissions which are obviously meant for 18-year-olds or 35-year-olds. Um, so again, if you're new, 
spend time watching our content, our competitor content, and get a real sense um, of how the audience operate. And acquisitions, um, again, we want the most challenging pieces from around the world to complement our stellar UK productions. Quality is key. Um, we're a public service you know, broadcaster, um, and we have to have the very best, um, and our audience expect that. So we will do our utmost to support you. We really want you to bring your very best ideas to the BBC. Um, I thought it would be really, really interesting just to take one show, because again, we're short of time, to, to just run through how that came to screen. Jamie Johnson is a drama on CBBC. Um, it's um, now just going, it's about to start shooting its fifth series. So there you see some pictures of the cast in 2015 when um, a company would never made TV came to us, a company called Shortform. Slightly confusing. Companies called Shortform. <laughs> the show isn't Shortform. Ungoogleable. It's ungoogleable, exactly. Yeah. Um, two brothers, um, Joe and Sam Talbot, um, who are really keen on football um, and who got the rights for the Jamie Johnson books. And we worked really closely with them because obviously drama is a big thing, um, especially, as I say, at the episodes that, that we require. And we worked really closely with them, worked through various issues like, were we going to cast actors who could sort of pretend played good football or should we go for absolutely really good kid footballers um, and teach them to act. And we went for the latter. Um, and these guys are extraordinary. The reason I sort of mentioned this show, like many, many of our suppliers, they throw everything on the screen. They absolutely use their budget um, to the nth degree. And each series has got bigger and better. And that's what we really want from our suppliers. We, want you, we don't want anyone to sit back and rest on their laurels. We want you to take you know, a, a brand that's done well in a first series and really, really have the biggest ambition and aspiration for it. And now in 2019, as I say, we've just finished the fourth series. It's done a barnstorming performance on the iPlayer, um, some of our top figures. And they did this extraordinary thing where they entered the team, the fictional Jamie Johnson team, into a real-life football tournament called the Goffier Cup. <laughs> it's extraordinary. They took them all over to Sweden. Um, and they did unbelievably well. And out of 176 teams, our guys got into the last 16, which is amazing. So here we are in 2019, as I say, about to, to start filming the fifth series. And who knows what the future is for Jamie, but it's in a, a sterling brand and our amazing team as well at the channels um, have supported it and brought their magic. And that's what we would always do with, with a strong brand. Um, we will always support you as well. So here's just a wee clip to show you how far this little domestic football drama has come. For the fourth series of Jamie Johnson, we decided to do something a little bit different. We needed a new challenge. Both as actors, and players. I'm not sure if it had ever been done before. Not on this scale, anyway. It could have been a total disaster. To play for real. Buzzing, come on, Phoenix. Easy, easy. Entering the world's biggest youth tournament in Sweden. Where Shira and Zlatan started their careers. Filming all the games, filming all the drama. This was going to be a true test of our ability. Should have had some of those lot playing last night, maybe. Yes, I know. Well, they did well, though, to get to the final. They did, they did. It's amazing. Um, I'm very aware that we're quite short on time, uh, so I'm going to rush through some questions. Let's talk diverse voices at the, B at the BBC. Um, how do 
if, if I am from a non-traditional TV background, how am I getting my idea into the BBC and what, and what do you guys want around that? Well, um, as Alice was talking this morning in her session, um, and I think, again, for those of you who saw our show reels, um, diversity is really key and portrayal is is absolutely the top of the list for us um, and I don't think there's any production where that conversation isn't happening so in terms of all of our indie suppliers and in particular in-house who are doing a huge amount to bring in new voices um, to tell their stories on both channels um, a lot of work is going on so um, you know it, I think we can always do more and I know you wanted to mention the lambs which was also discussed this morning and um, I'd like to say on you know on that front that We've gone right back to the beginning with the lambs. There's been a lot of debate about it. Um, and, and this, just for, if anyone doesn't know, there was a show in development called Living With The Lambs, which um, some some writers within the Asian British community uh, took umbrage with, effectively, felt yeah. they weren't uh, consulted enough on, on its yeah. development. Yeah, and it was a tricky one for us because the BBC were slightly caught between two stools because we had the, the British East Asian cast who were in it and um, other East Asian contributors who didn't feel it was racist, but a script got sent out basically into the wider world and there was quite a bit of kind of comment on that. And I think it's to Alvin's point that he made really strongly at the beginning, I think we decided, um, although there was a lot of good, and you know, there are, I have to be fair, there's a lot of disappointed people that, that the original version isn't going on, but we thought there is a moment in time, it is still in development. If there wasn't a pilot, there'd just been a couple of read-throughs. Let's go right back to the beginning. We've brought on uh, an East Asian showrunner. Um, he will be working with everyone to essentially build his own writing team, and he will bring a whole new sensibility to the show. Now, that means quite a lot of money. It means, um, you know, as I say, that we're going essentially back into development. We will have to find new investors for the show. So there's ramifications on both sides, but we generally felt that was the right thing to do at this moment in time, given that a debate had been ignited. And as a wider point, you're, you want that sort of diversity baked into the production. That's what you're looking to do more Yes, of. and I think I'm just going to skip through these because I think we've got a couple of Yeah, we've of got a lot of commissions here. Um, and I'm not going to, we've go got no time, Sadie, but have a look at these. They have been Wonderful. announced, and I'm sure if my colleagues at Broadcast are doing their jobs properly, it'll be up on there, so read it there. Um, I hope it is, anyway. Because um, we'll show you, um, are, we, are we skipping? I think we, we, all to say is that we do use BBC content such as uh, Blue Planet Live and uh, the documentaries on Stephen Lawrence, and we then take those great shows with brilliant production values but make them relevant for schools and classrooms. And we work with the indies and in-house to do that, studios to do that. Brilliant. And now just to finish our diversity conversation, um, just to mention quickly, there's a new in-house show that's in development. And um, the original um, design was thus, and they brought... A, a, Essentially, they brought in um, a, a really large group of black British parents and grandparents and said, how do you feel about this? And um, everyone commented on the fact that, you know, the clothes were a bit old-fashioned and the hair wouldn't be something that, that um, they possibly would want for themselves. And you can see this lovely progression and evolution of the characters of these two um, kind of new CBeebies iterations, so Little Girl and Her Granny. Um, and that's the, the, the finished article now and this is just in development at the moment but that's the way that we would want to work and I think that you know it's suffice to say that the living with the lambs episode you know has, has, has done a lot of good and um, it's always really useful to take the debate forward.
Okay. Um, now I've got loads of questions, but I'm going to jump straight on to a question about rights. So this is going to be the uh, the sexy part of the, you know, the conversation, and then I'm going to open it up to the floor because we've only got about ten minutes to go. Least sexy um, slide in the world. Yeah. Um, so. There's lots of debate at the moment about what the BBC is looking for in terms of uh, in terms of rights, particularly as the iPlayer becomes mm. more important and changes the way you guys are thinking about commissioning. Uh, but Cheryl, um, can you enlighten us as, as much as possible on what the BBC would need from a standard programme? Yes, as you can see there, as I say, really boring slide, but all of these details are readily available. That's the standard terms of trade agreement. And currently, as you all know, um, this is being debated and there is no outcome at the moment. So um, I can't speak to it in detail other than to say that obviously for our audience, the way they are viewing shows is very different. So we want to look at how, how much longer we can put shows on the iPad, basically, because on demand is where it's at. And one of our strategies, our clear strategies, is developing the iPlayer as a destination. So we want to talk about how long we have shows on the, the linear channels and how we can increase the length of time that they are on iPlayer. But at the moment, it's all in debate and um, everything will be up for grabs. There will be negotiations about it. So I don't think people should worry about it at this stage. Um, some people are pleased about the, the notion of these discussions, others less so. Um, but I think we have to move with the times and, and make changes where they're needed. Fair enough. Um, and then. There's a few little bits about the education yeah. framework as well. And similarly, with the education framework, with framework two, that's also in discussion, but, but that's, that's where we are at the minute, but that's being discussed uh, with rights and business affairs. Okay, so we'll probably have more to say in a, in a year's time when things shake out slightly more. Um, right, at this stage, Richie, I'm going to call on you. Uh, can, does anyone have a question from the floor? If you do, stick your hand up. Um, and say who you are, and yeah, we've got a gentleman in the middle there. If you could uh, just say who you are so the guys know, uh, get the context. Hello, Tim Bain, uh, show creator and uh, writer-producer. Um, I do a lot of animation. I'm wondering who to pitch to and when. I know Sarah's about to come back into the fold. She's back. She's back. She's cool. back. Sarah Sarah's back. She's been there literally 48 hours. Um, <laughs> but um, And so you can imagine she is just wading through both new submissions that um, have come in since Lovely Jackie left, um, but also hilariously a whole pile of stuff that was submitted about five years ago, um, but everyone's chancing their arm and sending it in again. So it might take a while to get back to people. But in the meantime, as you know, we've got the animation acquisitions team, um, ably um, led by um, Joe Allen and um, Sarah Leg Barrett. So you can always contact them as well while Sarah's finding her feet. Uh, yep, we've got two down here. Let's go to the lady on the front. Hello, I enjoyed Bite Size so much as an art educator in secondary school. Thank you very much. Um, so I'm, I'm developing the animation based on the experience as a mom. And my, my child you know, went to camps age seven to eight um, because of the depression. Is there any um, the, um, programs focused on that early age, not the teen, but early age, you know, like anxiety and stuff at the moment? Because that's what I'm developing at the moment is something so, interested in that, you know, BBC. So programs around anxiety for seven to ten. Um, we 
We've got quite a few shows that in terms of um, mindfulness, yes. um, you know, just that mood management yeah. across the piece. Um, I don't know if you saw Daydreams, um, which was a long form piece that you can find at, on the iPlayer. And I'd really recommend that because it's, um, it's got Olivia Coleman as the voiceover. And when I first listened to it, I'm not joking, I fell fast asleep in about 30 <laughs> seconds. It was so soporific. That's not a criticism uh, of her, no. No, 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 no. It's just that she's got this very mellifluous... Um, mellifluous voice. So we're, we're really looking at mood management. And, and as you say, in terms of mental health, we've done more on that um, on CBBC yes. with our My Lives. And, yeah. um, uh, and again, we're looking at pod podcasts. Mm -hmm. And um, Mimi, um, who did the lovely sex education show for iPlayers, also looking at that. But I think it's a really interest interesting question of what more we can do at the preschool the end. Yeah. Okay. Thank you very yeah. much. Great. And I know the gent next to you had a question. Hello, uh, I'm Brandon. I'm a change maker at this year's conference, and my day-to-day -day job is basically I'm sort of the go-to guy for sort of youth-related stuff. So my job is to understand young people, and uh, from a young person myself, I'm uh, sort of really happy that you're bringing in influencers and that sort of aspect. Uh, my question is around what I'm seeing commonly in the traditional media is that influencers are brought in for the sake of just bringing influencers mm. in. So they're just plopping influencers in shows that are usually produced by standard television companies that aren't necessarily got influencers and what they want at the heart. Is the BBC sort of open to doing new sort of projects uh, that are more sort of influencer-led and sort of from that heart of an influencer? Because from you know my perspective young people are very rapidly changing and i think you've seen the changes in how they consume content mm. and i'm wondering if there's more of like a work around uh how influencers play their role on bbc children and bbc education yeah i think i mean if you're talking about gaming for example we've always struggled slightly to make that transition for example into entertainment and um, we'd love to make it work um uh, we've got a great show last commanders which does a really good kind of um, job of having live action kids controlling real live avatars in a kind of fictional space. It's quite clever, um, but takes a lot of time and energy. And I think there are some areas where, you know, I, I think that y you sort of think, well, actually, that's best, you know, that stays on YouTube or that stays on social media. But across the piece, you know, we've used Ali A really effectively because people know he loves his cars and he did a great um, series. I'm not driving that um, also for iPlayer. And we know that that series brought new eyeballs to the iPlayer, which was really great because it was Ali A. So I think we're open to everything. As I mentioned at the beginning, we definitely don't just lob up any old person just because they've got so many followers, yeah. you know, here, there and ever. We really think about what they can bring to that genre or that particular subject matter. But, you know, absolutely open, open for more. Okay, fantastic. Yeah. Hopefully uh, we can have a discussion on Yeah, of course. Yeah, Brandon, just to ask you, when you speak to the, the various young folk that you're speaking to on a daily basis, how, what's their perception of the BBC? So I... I think that there's still a very, very, very positive perception of the BBC compared to what, um, yeah. And, and I, think, I think, if anything, that, that there's been an improvement in the appearance of the BBC. I don't think uh, that there's anything categorically going wrong. I mean, personally, from a personal level, I love the BBC. It's where I consume all my news content from. And as I've moved uh, now... Um, just about into my adult life and sort of off of, off of your, your sort of ranges. It's been um, going back, I'm still seeing lots and lots of people and I mean it's still free for everybody to watch 
And I think that's still a big driver, particularly what we're seeing in, mm. in areas that um, don't necessarily have money to go and out and you know mm. purchase other channels like Disney Channel and things like that. The fact that we can still get quality content on you know on the BBC, I think is fantastic, and it's still you know valuable in society Bravo. today. Round of applause. <laughs> Thank you for that, Brandon. Uh, any other questions? Uh, let me go to this lady here with the glasses. Can I just mention as well that Richie's on, he is our new Blue Peter presenter and he's Certainly just is. done a brilliant oh, yeah. job. So say hello to Richie. <laughs> new, new talent, new talent. Come to say hello. Thank Excellent. you, Richie. Hi, I'm Kate O'Connor um, from Animation UK. Uh, just going back to the structure, which I don't find at all boring, um, <laughs> but sometimes find a little bit opaque. And maybe today is not the day, but could it be a little bit clearer about the links between not just education and children's now, understood, but um, BBC Studios, BBC Ch Children's Productions Limited, in-house, uh, commissioning and acquisitions, how all of those things flow <laughs> into each other, what budgets are assigned, uh, and so on. So it's more of a joined up and current picture. And so that's an ask, really, because it's not that clear, I think, for lots of people. And right. also reiterating a commitment, not just to quality, um, and, and obviously price comes into this, but not just to quality, but to a commitment to commissioning UK originated content. Um, mm. uh, because that would, for the community in this room, is a very important part of the BBC's remit. Yes, and um, a lot of stuff there. Um, I, I'll just quickly say that in terms of our relationship, as Helen said, we, it's always very well established. And because the, the new merger is quite, um, quite recent, um, there's a lot of things to be worked out. And, and as soon as we've worked those out, we will um, talk about those clearly. Um, I think just very briefly, so it doesn't take up too much time. As you know, we commission, you know, from in-house and from various indies. Um, and, you know, although they used to have a guarantee, in-house don't have that anymore. Um, so it's, you know, essentially the whole thing's up for grabs. And we have a certain amount set aside for qualifying indies because so many companies now are non-qualifying. Um, but we have a load of quotas as well. So we're 80% out of London, 20% of that in Scotland. Um, so a lot of things to think about. Um, but above all, I think our commitment to UK produced um, content is unswerving. That will, that will always be there. So that's again, high on our agenda. How would you describe the uh, level of UK produced content on the on on the it, well, at Children's BBC in general, what where are we like eighty ninety percent or? Um, well, I think in t in terms of um, in terms of our commission shows, um, obviously in terms of drama and in, and the animation, we've got international um, partners, but the vast majority of the rest of the content is made in this country. That is our that is what we're here to do to serve UK content to UK kids, um, and I'm sure it's, it's the, the same. It, yeah, it's 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 all yeah. All the majority of the uh, uh, of our content is made by indies. Uh, we we make very little of it uh, in house. We do work with BBC Studios in a similar way, um, and. Because we're because we're looking at things that will hit the UK curricula, we do everything from the UK perspective. Do you classify BBC Studios as a separate entity, as a, as an indie, or are you, or do you see them as a as an in-house? 
I see them as a separate entity, as an indie. They they, are, they can pitch for uh, commissions. But they have to pitch in the same way that anyone Absolutely, else has to pitch. Yeah. They have to walk yeah. in. Right. They used to be able to, to walk... The NHU, for example, used to be able to walk in as part of the family. Now they have their own execs, uh, indie execs, that they work with when they pitch shows. And w what percentage um, uh, of your content is indie at the moment? Um, I don't, if I'm honest, I don't know the exact percentages, but I, what I do know is that obviously when in-house had the guaranteed 50%, the, the split was 50-50. And interestingly, it stayed around that mark. You don't, we, at the moment, we don't kind of have um, one leaning more to the other, but it varies every year. It's a really interesting balance. Some years the Indies get slightly more, some years in-house do, but it, it sort of stayed around the 50-50 mark which is quite pleasing, really, but all based on, obviously, the, the quality of the idea. OK, brilliant. Uh, unfortunately, uh, my little thingy down here has gone red, which means we're out of time. Uh, so I'm just going to say a couple of things. So first of all, a uh, massive round of applause for Helen and Cheryl. Thank you. Thank you.